0: watch a video. Really? What? Just some scary
1: movie. You like scary movies. Uh Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Sick fucks. You seem not too many movies. Ah Sid! Don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more (laughs) creating! Hello, horror hounds, and welcome to the It Slays podcast. I'm Rowan.
0: It's Exilia. And I'm your astroplane tour guide, Mike.
1: And we are back with another episode. I'm going to stop guessing because I never guessed the right number on what episode we're on. I have no idea. But we're getting up there. We're getting up there.
0: We're a well-oiled machine. (laughs) I don't know what number episode we're on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I thought we would uh, start this episode with a question. We always like to do something so you get to know us uh, outside of horror movies or whatever. So I'm going to aim my question at you first, Mike. So the question for today is...
2: By the way, we don't know these questions prior.
1: Yes, I uh, except for Rowan. except for me, and Much I have like the rest of our podcast. It's just endless like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the uh, this is the question. This is Desert Island. Three non horror movies that you would have to have.
0: You know, it's obviously you're you're putting me on the spot here right now, and um, I just have to say, how fucking dare you, <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, just give me a second. You're gonna have to edit this, (laughs) because... Seriously?
1: They'll never know.
0: So, Desert Island, three non-horrors. Okay, if we're ready. One of them, I mean, it's a thriller, but it's not a horror. So, um, Bergman's Persona, um, that was, like, a completely formative cinematic experience for me. It was, like, you know, someone dropping acid in my (laughs) goddamn milkshake or something um so that's that's number one um number two is now this is this is tough because i have a lot of movies that are almost desert island in the same manner and they are um in the same kind of school of movie but this is the original and it will always have a chunk of my rotten black heart um, and that is heathers heathers is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time i can literally sit down and just Recite every line of dialogue from beginning to end. I know every sound on the soundtrack, like every visual. Me and Exilia
1: actually just recently watched that. I, the like time. How,
0: I don't understand how we've been friends for as long as we have <laughs> and we've never watched it. But I guess th- this is what happens when we focus on horror. And my last one is... Um, the cinematic goddamn masterpiece, and my personal canon of, like, it sledgehammered me in the face 20,000 times, The Talented Mr.
1: Ripley. Oh, man, I haven't heard of that movie in a while. Yeah, well, it's still,
0: it's, I will die, I will be on my deathbed saying, put on The Talented Mr. Ripley. We'll put that on
1: your gravestone. It's
0: iconic. Iconic.
1: So, Exilia, now we're going to you.
2: This is- Top three- This is really hard. One of them is, like, my favorite movie. All-time favorite movie. Another one is, like, definitely one of my favorites. And the other one is a movie I could watch a thousand times, but it may not actually be my favorite. This is an ever-changing list. Number one, all-time favorite movie, Enter the Void. Ever since I've seen it, that has just always been my favorite movie. Number two, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And number three... Dazed and Confused, probably. Uh, Dazed and Confused. That one's just like, I can watch it like a thousand times. I'd never get sick of that movie.
1: All right, I like these answers. I like these answers. Okay, like what I about said, you? Like it could change. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, and this
0: is... The, this, the the qualification is obviously for everybody. I think this is an ever-changing list. And frankly, it would probably not be the same if we weren't put on the spot like this. But anyway, go Rob. So my
1: top three. I asked you guys this and then I'm... I don't know if I'm fully prepared to answer this. Are uh, you serious?
2: You're the one that came <laughs> up with this. Christ. All
1: right, so number one is going to be... Drive. (laughs) I would have said that too, by the way. (laughs) Drive, 100%. Best soundtrack in the universe. Best soundtrack. It encompasses, like, stylistically, like, my favorite kind of movie. Okay, I
2: have to change from Dazed and Confused to The Place Beyond the Pines. (laughs) Sorry.
0: (laughs) Excuse me, I I just remembered that Ryan Gosling exists. (laughs)
1: And That I saw his bulge in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, one is going to be Drive. Ooh, this is really hard. Number two is going to be A Clockwork Orange, oh, Stanley so Kubrick. Good. Oof, yeah. Another great soundtrack. And there's uh, too
2: many good movies. You can't do three.
1: It's hard with three. It's hard. And I feel like it's ever changing. Uh, so, definitely A Clockwork Orange. And for number three. I'm going to take Can't Hardly Wait.
0: Oh, oh, yes. Because I don't think there's
1: any movie I have seen more than Can't Hardly Wait, and I never get bored of it. I have watched it on repeat over and over again. So like I could, I could play that all day. I love that movie.
0: I agree. I actually had a day. Um, it was probably about four years ago now. And, um, Oh, I had a flu, like, really badly. And it was one of those where it was, like, a real bad, like, 24-hour bug. Um, And I wasn't sick the day before, but the day I was sick, I was really sick. And I felt it, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be sick for the next couple days. But it just hit me in the face, and I had, like, an insane fever and, you know, was just, like, couldn't eat. And all I could do was, like, lie down and, like, drink cold water and, like, have my fan on me. And I remember I put on... I don't remember if it was like, you know, I put in a DVD or if it was on Netflix or what it was now, but I remember putting on Can't Hardly Wait and, um, at some point drive me crazy (laughs) and just having them on repeat. And I was like, I had taken all these like, um, pills and stuff too, to, you know, like take down my fever and knock me out and stuff. So I was like, uh, uh, like really kind of like high from a combination of the medication I had taken and from, you know, like when you, when you have a fever and you're actually like, um like, having fever dreams and stuff. Yeah, and you're delusional. And I remember just, like, I had a a futon in my bedroom as well as my uh, bed. And I remember just lying on my futon, like, watching this movie and passing in and out of consciousness and, like, just having all these weird dreams about, like drive me crazy and can't hardly wait and it's just like now i now whenever i think about watching it again i just think about like being in like a fever haze and you know like tripping balls essentially and like watching this movie and i'm like what even the fuck is happening so good times good times love can't hardly wait drive me
2: crazy i saw that in the theater when i was like 10 and i've (laughs) never seen it since
0: i don't think i've ever Um, seen it guess what you don't need to (laughs) you i will i will tell you right now even in my like fever haze that was not a good movie (laughs) i mean it is what it is and you know we can we can look back on it as an artifact of you know that like teen craze of the late 90s and you know naming every teen movie after a popular you know hit song at the time whatever it's it's Watch it, watch it when you're on something. That's all I have to say. It's, it's not going to hold <laughs> up.
1: Hey, are you interested in becoming a horror hound? Then join us at www. patreon. com slash itslayspodcast and uh, check out everything we have to offer. We have uh, cool things from podcast shoutouts to picking movies, all the way to uh, maybe getting yourself a free T-shirt. So uh if you're interested in joining us and becoming a whore hound, join us at patreon.com/itsleespodcast. So I think it's about that time we get into our film for this episode and it is 2005's The Descent directed by Neil Marshall. So we'll start with the trailer, as always, and then get into it.
2: just give me a smile. Juno, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost in my life. (laughs) There's
0: only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe.
2: Breathe. Uh, Sarah, you have to calm down. I'm coming, I'm coming back. Okay, okay. Okay, move. You saw what you wanted to see, it's the dark, it plays tricks on people.
1: That was the trailer and we will as always quickly read the bio to you provided to us from IMDB they're always uh, straight to the point and you know mildly comedic Uh, so the bio for this is a caving expedition goes horribly wrong as the explorers become trapped and ultimately pursued by a strange breed of predators
2: I mean that's also pretty much the movie it's always like that kind of gives away the entire movie
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's always like great to the point
0: yeah but i mean to be fair like this is this is a very lean mean type of horror movie so there's not much in the way of plot anyway it's (laughs) it's like
2: purely psychological oh yeah it's all like
0: like a couple of small set pieces
1: that move them forward and that's it So let's start with what our experience with this film is. If we have any previous experience, we'll start with Exilia.
2: Surprise, surprise. I've never seen this movie before.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Uh, So I saw this when it first came out on video. I didn't see it in theater or anything, but I remember renting it. I don't remember, like, hating it. I don't really remember liking it. I didn't really remember it, it like, a lot, because I only saw it that one time and never really thought about it again. So I guess my exp- this was almost like a totally new experience with it, looking at it, I think, in a more serious lens. Uh, how about yourself, Mike? Oh, I had the distinct pleasure
0: <laughs> of seeing this in the theater. I mean, this was, what, 2005, so it was, you know, before, like, social media and all that, but, you know, there was still, you know, you could still get, like, internet buzz. And I had, you know, seen things here and there online, you know, about people who had seen it, like, I guess, at festivals and stuff, and, you know, said it was really good, like, kind of new cult uh, horror movie. Um, But I didn't really know much about it because it was before, you know, like Twitter and Facebook and all that where like it would just be you'd be bombarded with people who had all seen it and giving their, you know, shit takes on it, which is a good thing. Um, But anyway, I remember checking the listings. So, yeah, um, my roommate at the time, um, we lived two blocks away from our local theater. So we had seen that it was playing and had just heard that it was like kind of a cool, you know, um, indie cult horror movie and um you know there was not a whole lot playing at the time so we decided we both had the day off that we were going to um get lit if you will um get potion (laughs) enhanced and trot over to the movie theater and go see this and we walk in to buy our tickets and there's this insane beautiful um theatrical one sheet up um you know at the entrance of the theater um and unfortunately I don't think they've used it for any of the like DVD or blu-ray releases but it's um a bunch of like women kind of like um contorting their bodies inside of an enclosed cave space of course you know representing the characters but um the way that they're all shaped they make the like the way they're all posing against each other they make the shape of a skull and it was really stunning it yeah was, I, I've seen it absolutely it's it's, it's and, and to me, it's criminal. You get the one-sheet theatrical posters for these movies are absolute works of art. And this, not just for this movie, but for, like, honestly, like, 75% of movies that come out now, especially horror movies. Um, You know, and it's it's literally art. And then as soon as they get, you know, like, a physical or digital release, it's just this weird trash. Like, just a photo of whoever's in the movie with, like, some bad Photoshop behind them. But this was just beautiful, and we walked in, and we didn't even really know what it was about, except it was, like, some women go in a cave, and it's, like, a crazy fucked-up horror movie. So, of course, like I said, we got fucked up and went see it, and see this poster, and we're like, holy fuck. Anyway, we go in and just walk out of it, and are, like, stunned in silence, because it's like, what the fuck did we just watch? And it was just, honestly, it was a magical experience, and I've, you know, watched it numerous times since then, because it became one of my cult classics Essentially,
2: now, for the movies that we do that I don't know, I don't look at anything about them, and I just watch them and, and like kind of come from a totally fresh perspective and the basically the first okay, well, first of all, we couldn't find one that worked. <laughs>
1: I I, <laughs> I will say yeah I was gonna say let's start off by saying I was so confident building up to when we were gonna view this for this podcast I was like no no I either own this or I've got a burnt copy or something in one of my in one of my like disc sleeves or something don't worry about it so, of course, when I go to look for it, I'm like, I do not have that whatsoever. And this has to be the hardest movie I like to find on the internet to watch a stream of. Because any one that we found...
2: It was really low. It was like
1: the volume was super low.
2: And the problem is, is that... We recently moved, well, since we're moving, we've like packed up a lot and we've recently moved our television into the bedroom against the wall. And um, a week or so ago, (laughs) a week or so ago, we were watching Hedwig and the Angry Inch and um, our neighborhood. might have come over and knocked on the door somebody we've never met before and was like are you guys playing video games (laughs) and we were (laughs) like um no and they're like i hear loud rock music (laughs) <laughs> and he basically has must seen be Ron- video
0: games <laughs>
2: yeah i know it makes sense and he's basically seen Rowan in the hall several times since and it's just like we don't have a good relationship with him now so we always when every time we listen to anything in the bedroom we listen to our head on our headphones and it was just like ver- the on this one the speaking was very low on the headphones so last night it wasn't working
0: out for us <laughs> Um no I I feel like I have to say I don't know if anybody that might listen to this would agree I have it on Blu-ray and I had to crank my TV up to like sixty-seven yeah to actually hear it so it's not it's it why it wasn't it wasn't like a you know a bad, a bad I was well, I kind of wondered it's, after. it's actually that's that's legitimately like I as soon as this came out on Blu-ray I bought it and it's. It's like that on the official That's just Blu-ray. What it's like. it's, okay. it's just a really low um, audio.
1: Yeah, I kind of had a feeling that it might be the case because when we did find a copy, we were all right with like all the copies. The sound effects and the music were like perfectly fine volume. It was just the speech, just but it was the like dialogue. Any the, yeah, any of the dialogue. So then I kind of thought, ah, uh, like maybe it was just kind of mixed. Like it, it was an independent film, so like maybe the mix was just a little bit off or something. We managed. We managed.
2: I mean, we waited till today to watch it and we didn't have to hear it through our headphones and we did have our, our TV up to like 70 something per, like on the volume. Scale. Yeah, we did
1: we did have it quite loud. <laughs> not too loud though. So, we're not going to do any uh mic segments uh just cuz we said there wasn't a whole lot
0: No, there
1: wasn't, but... Well, I mean, you know, because some of
0: them are just the parental guidance uh, suggestions and the plot keywords are just ludicrous. And this was, I guess, because... You know, the plot, per se, is so simple, and there's not not as much going on in it. But I, I just want to make one quick comment. Um, and to me, it, like, speaks volumes about, like, kind of, quote-unquote, Western society. Um, under the sex and nudity section of the Parents Guide, there were several comments, which I, I'm going to say were probably written by different people. As anybody who has watched this movie, which hopefully is everybody um knows the creatures in the caves are you know well they're human or humanoid or deformed humans or whatever but like they're naked and several most of them are male and i think there's one or two female uh presenting creatures but you know, they don't wear clothes and several mentions are made in the sex and nudity section of the parents guide on IMDb about how the creatures are naked, but then in the same sentence or the next one, they'll say, but there's no nudity. And I just, I I saw that and I laughed at it. And I I said, this is so symptomatic of like puritanical fucking North American culture they, they don't see any parts. They, they what? What they say? They they literally say in the same sentence that they're naked, <laughs> but there's no nudity. So so essentially, what they're saying is they're naked, but we don't see any genitalia, so they're not yeah. actually naked. Wow! Um, and I'm just like, I, I I laughed so hard at that. I was like, this is you know, it's 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 wild. It's wild. It's psychotic. It's sociopathic. Um, you know, but it's the same people that you know, like if you were totally naked and had, like, you know, your finger over your nipple of your breast, it'd be fine, but if you saw, like, areola, it's like, no, like, burner at the stake, like, we can't, we don't, (laughs) we don't want to see an areola, we don't want to see, you know, a penis, like, God forbid, like, just, no, side boob and butt, like, that's fine, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, you know, like, (laughs) sex and guns, but, like, no, don't show a nipple, don't
1: show, you know, a dick, like...
0: (laughs) It's true. Oh, you know, it's just like, to me, that was sort of like a little microcosm of the fucking rotten American psyche. (laughs) Anyway, so that's it. That's all I got for this segment today.
1: Well, I mean, so let's, let's get into it. Uh, Let's start with our favorite scene or favorite special effects. We always, we always talk about this. I hate this
2: favorite scene because it's so hard to narrow it down to like one scene.
1: I also think you could phrase it maybe like f- scariest scene. Like, man, I, okay, I know mine. Or most memorable, or, most memorable. Yeah, it's just a scene that that really stuck out. There's a couple. So why don't you start us, Amelia?
2: Okay, one when they get in the car accident and those fucking like metal.
1: Oh, the
0: pipes! Ooh.
2: Pipes go through the yeah. windshield. Ch- oh. I was so because I was just like, "Oh my god, what is this bullshit?" They're fucking whitewater rafting. They're driving on a road. Boom, and this happens. The other one is where in Holly. Ugh, I fucking hate Holly. I was gonna say fun fact. I
0: I love Holly.
1: No, my God. (laughs) Fun fact: I I did read that they, the actresses, actually were the ones that whitewater rafted. They didn't use stunt doubles. Oh, I love it! I love it. Yeah. They all did.
0: Um, When
2: Holly is in the cave and she fucking is running because she thinks there's light and she falls and breaks her fucking leg and the bone is sticking (laughs) out. And then the other girl grabs the bone. Oh, like the whole thing. I just like I just pretty much like covered my eyes and like kept looking to see if it was over. (laughs) It was so gross.
0: Yeah, It's a good scene. A good scene. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's the small were... things, right? It's not like, you know, the creatures, like, eating her neck or anything. It's like, Honestly, it's the bone sticking out of her leg and then resetting it.
2: I felt the creatures were the least scariest part of it. Oh, the absolutely.
0: The, I mean, listen, they, they got, like, ten minutes of screen time, and the rest of it was the girls, man. For a very good reason.
2: Number, Okay other one number one most memorable scene and my mouth my like jaw dropped and it just i had to three minutes later pick it back up again and put it into place was when juno was like attacking the creatures and then beth was behind her and she turns around and just fucking sticks that thing right through her throat mm-hmm. <gasps> I couldn't, I was just like, I literally, my mouth just probably the
0: most shocking, like, stunning moment in the whole movie, which is saying something. Yes. Right? And it's like, and again, because it's like, most of the conflict comes from, you know, the the women, not, you know, between them and the creatures, whatever they're called.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, that's, that's like, what I really like about this film is that, you know, as Exilia was talking about her scene, scenes and then, you know, you were saying, you're like, oh, well, there's really only like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of screen time dedicated really to these creatures. Yeah. And like, that's what I really like about this movie is like, it's almost because I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm scared or like, I don't hate the creatures. Like, I feel like you really feel like this is like their... Territory, like they're animals, like they're kind of background, like you said. Yeah. All the real damage is caused by these women, yeah, and to like, each other, yeah, to each other in these relationships.
0: Yeah. Um. I have. Yes. I have so much to say about. <laughs>
1: Let's start uh secondly with you Mike on your your memorable scenes.
0: On um, my memorable scenes, um there's so many. I mean, like I said, to me this movie has like a lot of iconic scenes and um but honestly, um the one that always sticks out to me and I love that they use this for the cover of some of the like releases and it's when Sarah like descends into the disgusting vicious like oh. pit of Blood and gore and, like, spines and, you know, femurs and skulls and everything is just dripping and, uh, like, bulging with, like, you know, guts and God only knows what, you know, when she falls into that and then rises up out of it and it's like something out of Apocalypse Now, except, you know, the war is... (laughs) A wholly different um scale than <laughs> apocalypse now and i just i fucking love it and to me that just marks yeah. this like it's an absolute break in the movie and i mean i guess we can get into it later but like to me for many reasons that is when the movie just completely like snaps in half um so to me that's like the most iconic um, memorable uh scene but that's that's to me that's not even that big of a deal because there's so many great scenes in this movie i don't know like bro what 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 thoughts do you have? Well,
2: that kind of is when Sarah like loses her cool,
0: Mm-hmm. and exactly. also when
2: when she like emerges for some reason, like her whole vibe really reminds me of like Carrie.
0: Oh yeah, it's Carrie. Yeah, it's it's apocalypse now. It's, yeah. it's, it's 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 so evocative of like you know a dozen other you know completely visceral classic you know film
1: moments. I was gonna say too. I feel like that scene was specifically designed. Like, the director was like, hey, you know how a lot of people don't like when you say the word moist? Let, <laughs> let's, let's show a scene that just embodies... Everything is moist. It's moist. Dripping. The whole it's movie sibilant, is moist. It's a
0: sibilant S in a cave.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. F- scene. There, there. I think there's a lot of memorable scenes. Um, I mean, the one that really does it for me, because as someone who has suffered a... A major break and in injury Oof, it, it is, yeah. yeah, that Holly fall. Like, I feel that with every inch of my being, the bone sticking out of her of your leg. Uh, <laughs> that bone sticking out, and like the continuation of that scene. Like, I kept telling Xilia, I was like, I wish I took video for the Instagram of just Xilia's reactions. Like, The scene where they're going to splint it and they Uh, have to push the bone. Yeah, when she grabs
2: a bone, it's just, Uh, I uh, can't.
1: That's probably my most memorable scene. Yeah, but again, it's the, the like, and that's what's so
0: interesting about this movie is that you've got these like multiple layers of like terror and horror and the supposed antagonists are, you know, these creatures in the cave, but like the every moment that is like purely terrifying is like a body horror moment, you know, Mm -hmm. like oh, you know, like it's just this 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 small thing of resetting a bone, but it's like, fuck like, I can't handle this like, I can handle Mrs. going down into that you know, pit of bones and blood and gore and horrific creatures, but like, I can't handle them trying to reset her bone on the fly (laughs) with no you know, antiseptic
2: I really love how like at the beginning when Sarah's coming through the cave and the cave like starts to collapse slightly before that Beth says to her you've already experienced the worst thing that you could possibly experience like you can make it through this and like towards the end I was like I'm pretty sure this is much worse than that fucking car accident.
1: (laughs) Like I was gonna say too, because Mike brought it up. Like, because I figure we're probably not gonna—they're not in the movie a whole lot, so they're probably not a huge focal point. But I did want to say I really like the the creature design in this because I liked how simple it was. Oh, it's
0: very simple, yeah. It's
1: simple, but it made sense. Like, and everything made sense from like the gloss of the eyes because it's dark. Like. I really like that he kind of based it in this almost, you know, like, scientific reality. Like, this is probably how, you know... Because I always assumed, like, these were probably, you know, at some point, humans or descendants of humans. So it's like, I I liked how he kind of built that mythos to be very believable. and, And I just thought they looked cool. I also thought it would be cool to talk about... um. Because, you know, even though this is, like, written and directed by Neil Marshall, you always see this get thrown around to be, like, a big, like, you know, feminist horror film. And I thought what was interesting to bring up as a point was that other than, uh, I think he said a handful of actors and non-speaking roles in The Husband, that almost all, like, the creatures and everything, he only casted women. I think he said it was, like, five or under men that were actually in the film. And, like, one of them is, like, the truck driver at the end that you don't see. He was saying because if you're not familiar with him, Neil Marshall did Dog Soldiers. Mm -hmm, And, of course, the big thing about Dog Soldiers was that Dog Soldiers was almost an entirely male cast with, like, no females in it. And another cool point is originally that the main cast was supposed to be men and women. And then he just, he said he thought because Dog Soldiers was so masculine, he he was said, I was interested in doing something that was all women and it just focused on women. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I, I, I thought the creatures were cool. Well,
0: and I mean, it's funny because when I was watching it, um, oh. It reminded me, because the same friend that I went to see it with in theaters, um, actually, I think there were uh, two of us, or three of us that went to see it, sorry, and um, we, the same group of people that went to see it, we used to um, get lit and horrify ourselves by looking at uh, websites of, like, the creatures that live so far down in like the ocean that oh, light yeah. doesn't like, reach see-through. them yeah and yeah. and to me it was sort of the same thing except almost opposite cuz like a lot of those are really dark and spiky and like you know like they're terrifying but like to me this was like the humanoid version cuz like a human wouldn't be like kind of dark and spiky but it would be very like pale you know sort of just the opposite and i just thought that that was like a really cool um style of designing uh the creatures you know because it's es- essentially yeah. the same thing except it's the the um you know land-bound version of a creature that would be so far under the sea that light like, doesn't reach it except it's so far in the ground that light like, doesn't reach it
2: i wonder how they react though when they go above ground because they do talk about how like oh there must be another entrance they, way because yeah, they, they have they to like go get and, the animals yeah. and stuff
1: maybe so, they only do it at night
2: oh yeah maybe that's possible yeah I guess because they have only like you know echolocation essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have an important question I want to pose to you guys, and it's: Was anyone really shocked by the twist that Juno was fucking the husband? No,
2: not at all. I okay. After we had watched the beginning scene about six times, and <laughs> Juno, and Juno kept giving these weird looks. And just, like, how, like, distanced and standoffish she was, I was, like, instantly I was, like, she definitely was fucking that husband. And that's why he was, quote, unquote, distant. And then when she, like, says in the the cave, oh, she's not the only one who lost something that day, I'm, like, duh. Like, it's, like, confirmed to me.
1: (laughs) Horror hounds. Do you guys like horror music? I like horror music. Exilia likes horror music. We know Mike definitely loves horror music. So if you love horror music like we do, uh, join us on Spotify. Uh, we have a playlist up called the It Slays Podcast Horrific Playlist. We have some of our favorite tasty jams from some of our favorite horror movies, uh, and we're always consistently adding to the list. And let us know. You can uh email us or Facebook or Instagram us and let us know if there's anything we should add to the playlist.
0: Okay. So Fuck now you that know. you've brought that Fuck up, you know. I'm I'm gonna I'm going to get up on the ten foot tall diving board that I have erected in my notebook. <laughs> and I'm gonna take the dive, which is the main point of everything I have to say about this movie. So here we go. If you guys are ready, I'm going to do it. I am ready. ready. So, I, I mean, I I saw this in theaters, and again, like, I was I was not in, as we will say, a straight state of mind, <laughs> you know? We we had smoked a little bit and, you know, just decided to go watch this movie, and then, you know, I, I bought the Blu-ray when it came out and watched it a couple times since then, and usually it was when we had people over, and, you know, we'd all be drinking and, like, have a puff, and, you know what I mean? It was just all in good fun, but... It had been years since I'd actually like sat down by myself and watched it. And upon rewatching it for the purposes of this podcast, it really became a different movie to me. And that (laughs) what you said sort of is prompting this now, Um, because ostensibly every time I had seen it before, including the first time, you know, it's. Obviously, you're like, this is about Sarah's grief, you know, she lost her husband and um, her daughter, and, you know, this is a a horrible thing, and then she has to go through this, you know, further trauma a year later, or two years, or whatever it is. But I was watching it, and I was like, "In, in a weird way, this seems to be, like, a critique of kind of, like, the heteronormative, like, patriarchal, like, monogamist sort of style of, like, Western relationship. Because I was watching it this time, and I kept thinking how I don't think that Sarah is the, like you know, protagonist final girl, Um, you know, she like finds her strength. I was looking at it and I was like, I think the heroine of this film is actually Juno. And I know this is maybe Mm. a um, bizarre take. I think she's the villain. No, and you know what? And it's not even
2: necessarily about the like relationship.
0: No, 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 no. And I I get it because for years I thought that she was a villain too. I thought like the, the creatures are secondary villains to Juno but this watching was like a revelation to me i like i it's it's hard, even hard for me to explain don't you know i, don't I was know watching if I'm here yet. i was watching it and um i realized that you know she she has and and i will say this um i had a personal experience actually a few days ago um i was talking to someone who was essentially a perfect stranger and we were essentially having a conversation um about a friend of hers who had passed away, and the friend's sister was... uh, She was sick for about a year before she passed away, and the sister had been taking care of her, and um, when the woman passed away, you know, everybody... It was... All the, the grieving and all the, you know, sympathy was towards the, like, direct family, and the sister who had been taking care of her, she wanted to get her a gift and a card and, like, sort of express sentiments to say, you know, I know you have also experienced a loss... And that, you know, it's not traditionally, you know, you wouldn't get the sister of somebody who passed away a card. You'd be like, oh, the husband, the wife, whatever. And that just is sort of what got me thinking. And, and that's probably why I am reading the movie in the way that I am now. But I was looking at it and saying, you know, like, Juno also experienced a loss. Like... You, true, maybe she was. Maybe she was having an affair with the husband. It actually doesn't explicitly say, and that's a very important Although point to me. Although, on
2: that necklace. There was that that saying on that necklace that she had.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. But like, we don't know if if he if he gave it to her, if they were you know fucking or whatever. And frankly, I don't even care. Like, but but the the point is, um, you know, like kind of taking all morals of like you know kind of this heterosexual monogamous worldview that we all sort of look at everything through aside, you know, even if she was just fucking this guy, like there was obviously a relationship there and she also lost somebody. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it's, I just think that it's a really interesting way to look at it as she is not a villain. Like she also lost somebody, you know what I mean? And, and everything that happens in the movie, and I will say this, I have so many notes about it. The the only thing that she does that's villainous is she kills Beth, and that's a total accident. I mean, she, she did lie, she, about it. and she takes, <laughs> but she them lied. To I li- but if you accidentally killed your friend in the cave and, you know, all the shit is happening and everybody's paranoid and... She let Beth suffer,
2: though. She didn't even actually kill Beth. She just, like, left her there and Beth was still alive. Well, to and be fair, if
0: like, I accidentally stabbed somebody in the neck and they fell down and were bleeding out, I think they were dead and leave them down. <laughs>
2: you you know? should make sure it's, like, that in the invitation that uh whatever it was, Coyote or whatever, you gotta do the mercy... the mercy <laughs> <Go> kill. <in.
0: laughs> But I guess and my point is she she accidentally like whether she you know killed Beth or not, you know, I, I guess she assumed that she did and it, that it was it was clearly an accident and they, they make no bones about it. And when I was watching the movie, I was like, it's it's shot the way it's shot, the way it's filmed, everything like she clearly is horrified by this and did not mean for it to happen. And then when you go later in the movie and, um you know, Sarah confronts her and Sarah, you know essentially disables her and leaves her to die like the only person that juno committed any malice to was totally by accident whereas sarah sarah deliberately you know left this person there to die and like to me it was just this total um shift of the way i looked at the movie i was like sarah's actually more villainous than juno in a way (laughs) Uh, feel free to disagree obviously
2: I have a couple comments about that one I did fully recognize that Juno also lost a husband because obviously they were in a relationship and when she said like she wasn't the only person like Sarah wasn't the only person that lost something that day that to me is like she also has grief about the husband and probably about like the relationship that she used to have with Sarah as well but Yes, the Beth thing was an accident. She should have done the mercy kill. But quite frankly, the whole reason they're in that situation is because of Juno's, like, to me... I don't know. I don't know if I'd say selfishness, but you can tell by her shifty eyes and her weird looks and shit. And she should she, have like, brought the she, damn book. The book—it was—it didn't matter because she it, took the them book to the was wrong for cave. another cave. The book was oh, for yeah. another she cave. She should bro. have it's, never yeah. taken them to that place. And I think it. And like Sarah was like, "Oh, this is about ego because like you probably just want named after you." And like, I actually feel like it was about Juno's ego.
0: Oh, absolutely! Like, do not get me wrong, and that's and and this is and to me and this conversation that we're having right now um highlights another <laughs> another sort of revelation I had about this movie in that it's as much as I've always loved it and I thought this is like a really cool badass um interesting cult horror movie it's also much more um morally complicated than it gets credit for mm-hmm. because you can it look is. at you can look at it and you can make these arguments and it's like you can't even settle it one way or the other. Well, I'm because- just thinking,
2: like, if Sarah's just getting off the one-year anniversary of, like, the tragic death of her husband and child that she was a witness to, maybe you don't want to take her into this un known place that is potentially extraordinarily dangerous and re-traumatizing in another way um for the good of sarah like i don't know i'm just like i think that's that's like i am not not
1: disagreeing
0: with that at all like i was
1: i was gonna say like and i can definitely like you said i i think it's very interesting because it, it is a very like bare bones movie like there's it's not there's not a lot of exposition. I mean, I do think we get quite a lot with the little time we have to explore the characters before they're in the cave. But other than that, like, we kind of get the point of what's going on. They're in this cave and that that goes fairly quickly of what the issues are. And But I think, like you said, it, it's very interesting that something that seems so simple so effectively asked a lot of questions. Because I did look at that when I was watching it and I did you know because obviously my initial reaction is I'm like fuck Juno yeah Juno the villainous Juno but I I
2: still you, say fuck Juno <laughs> and
1: I'm not saying I'm not saying that now but I also as I watched it I'm like this is like traumatic for everyone and yeah. people deal with trauma in different ways and yeah, I it's, think just, the, it's a mess, right? It's a mess. a mess. A mess. Yeah. Well, and I think they did a really good job, especially with Juno showing that, because we saw initially when the creatures get introduced, Juno kind of like kicks it in the gear where like, you know, I'm slashing and I'm killing all these monsters. But then we did see times with these monsters where she kind of broke down and, you know, you could see she was freezing up. And, like, she was just kind of in and out of, you know, she wasn't always badass. Now, I I will say I have – I've read and I've heard other people talk about this movie a bit that I always thought there's an interesting fan conspiracy theory on this movie. I think after the checks and balances, it doesn't fully work. But one of the theories is, is that when everyone else is killed – Sarah is never present with anyone else except for Juno when Juno memes her like when Juno when she memes when she. Juno yeah. actually like Juno kill uh Juno sorry. Sarah, Sarah. Like, Sarah kills Beth, gives the final blow on Beth. Yeah. And then maims Juno. So there's a conspiracy theory, because throughout this movie, we kind of see Sarah, you know, seeing her daughter, blowing out the birthday candles. We're told... Um, At the beginning
0: of the movie, she takes a bunch of pills that we don't know what they are, and then it's brushed off. Yeah. Yeah, and we're told about... Well,
2: I only assume they were, like, antidepressants.
1: Yeah, but we're told, like caves can cause hallucination. Yeah. Oh yeah, that. Holly Holly Thing goes out of her way to, way to say, you know, what
0: causes hallucinations so and claustrophobia holly.
1: and yeah, it's it's so holly, so holly. So one of these fan theories that kind of picked up steam I think on Reddit and stuff is that There actually isn't any monsters. Oh yeah, that's that's absolutely one of
0: my interpretations. It's actually Sarah
1: that snaps and Mm -hmm. kills off everybody. Because that's
0: I've been saying that for years. That like this one of my readings of this movie, and and again, I think that's what's so brilliant about it because it's so fucking simple in terms of plot, but like there's there's so many like threads you can pull at that are kind of left open. Um, is that you know this movie is about one of the one of the griefs that it explores is her. And again, you you keep getting these subtle hints, you know, she's taking the pills and they talk about, you know, paranoia and hallucinations and auditory shit and
1: seeing things and, you know, all that, that, you know.
2: She's also the first person that sees anybody.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that was part of the theme was like, She's the one that originally brings up that there's these monsters, and everyone else for a while in the movie is like, oh, like, I don't see or hear anything. (laughs) I was
2: thinking this as well, like, I was kind of thinking that too, because, like, what other point does it serve to, like, what other purpose does it serve for Holly... Ugh. to like go through all these all these things that can happen inside of a cave yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's a voiceover which is you know always <laughs> voiceovers always just like drive those points home it's like you don't yeah. actually see the person talking you're like oh yeah this is this is very important yeah they're, they're saying this there over there an aerial shot of a highway this is clearly <laughs> yeah clearly key
1: yeah <laughs> and another thing as we talk about you know all of this I I guess to step away from the conspiracy theory part is I'm very impressed with this I guess technically being my second watch is how well and I'll give credit not just to the actresses and the actors and stuff but I mean Neil Marshall wrote it as well as directed it so I mean I'm sure a lot goes to him but I thought he really en- encompassed like, these personal relationships well with the time he's given, like, I felt like these were real people. Oh my god, yes, absolutely. And the squabbles and things, like, they weren't this, like, larger than life, like, issue, or, like, they kind of really had their own personal issues that I'm like, I can see you know, like, obviously the biggest grandiose one was, like, The Affair, but they all kind of had personal squabbles about, like, oh, this, you know, Juno's cocky, and she's prideful, and, yeah. like... And Holly is,
0: the, Holly is the, like, like neophyte, you know, she's new to the group, and...
2: Holly? Okay. Okay, what is Men. your beef with Holly? I, need, I don't We know. need to,
0: like, psychoanalyze this, ex. We need to psychoanalyze your hatred of Holly. She's queen... <laughs>
2: About 20 minutes into the movie, I was already like, I am so fucking annoyed at this character. A, I don't know what it is, but I It was her hair. You hated her hair. No, I hate when people say shite, first of all. And I know it's like an Irish thing, but like, I can't handle that. And she was just like, ugh, like, I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> that's a really bad interpretation, but she's just so like, like, I can't even Too explain aggressive. it. No, it, it's just like, she was really just like, we Like- i don't mean weird that's not i just really can't explain it something about her just really drove me crazy also she had a camera and she was fucking taking pictures of that dead deer but when they found like ancient cave murals she didn't fucking take a picture of that like what the hell like she's dark good good job okay wouldn't you fucking take a picture of that (laughs) <laughs> and then she fucking runs And she break when she breaks her leg And I think she's dead I'm like, good fucking riddance, Holly <laughs> I can't. Like, thank God I don't know, something about her She's just so, like She's too much for me Like, she's just so, like Aggressive, but not in the way you would think
0: I don't know Well, she's like, you know The cliched kind of, like Thrill seeker I get it, I get it But I mean, and, and what Ro said is funny Because I have several notes about it Um, You know, you really get, like Not even 10 or 15 minutes before they descend. And that's all the development you get. And that's nothing. And even then, think about it. Four or five minutes of that is at the beginning when they're rafting. And then the accident happens and she breaks down in the hospital. So, And I thought that was a real... um, It really highlighted the strength of the actresses. In that, yeah. like, script-wise, they're not given that much to work with. Like, they get a few lines, you know, of dialogue that, like, kind of say, like, oh, I'm an English teacher, or I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, you know. Um, but you really get attached to them based on the, like, really naturalistic performances that these people give. And I just thought that was, you know, I thought, I think they're all brilliant. Like, even if you don't know their names, you, you're you like, oh, I know that chick and you know, like you just they have charisma and you you sort of root for them and they they seem like real people like you said
2: I think Conversations, like, the one where I think it's Beth comes out in that, like, pajama set. Yeah. And they're all, like, ha, 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 like, what the fuck are you wearing? And she's, like, I got it as a present. Just, like, little, like, simple dialogue like that makes them more, like, real
0: people. Absolutely. And the way she presents it and she comes out and, like, the actress is just so charismatic and, you know, it's, like, it's just such a simple thing. But, like, she... she presents it so well that like you know you yeah. really you get attached to these characters and that's the whole point like you only have like 15 minutes to get attached before they go into this cave and start getting picked off right so
2: i'm not gonna lie i think beth was my favorite character oh my Maybe god that's why it. i was so 100%. shook when she fucking uh, like Juno, like, sarah <laughs> d-
0: juno who sarah who Like no, it's beth. <laughs> beth is like the queen beth is the icon of this movie <laughs> it's
1: true And I was going to say another thing I I really found with this second watch, because I I said at the beginning, I don't fully remember. I know I've seen this, but I don't, like, remember the experience or everything. I, like, I was really, really disturbed the entire movie of the, like, claustrophobic setting. Like, I thought they did such an amazing job capturing, like... I felt anxiety over how claustrophobic everything felt. I've only ever watched two movies in my life that have made me feel that way. One is this and then one is late at night. I saw that buried movie with Ryan Reynolds where it's entirely like in a coffin buried the entire film. I don't even remember if that was a good movie, but I remember like I was just like this is really uncomfortable and like I physically felt uncomfortable, which obviously as a filmmaker about these caves, that's what you wanted me to feel.
2: Honestly, like one minute into them crawling into that small, tiny crack, Rowan was just like my stomach Hurt
0: just watching this. All I'm gonna say is imagine being in a theater and you're stoned out yeah. of your gourd. <laughs> oh. I'm not. I wouldn't consider. And you don't know what sh- the movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not claustrophobic either. But goddamn, that movie made me claustrophobic.
2: Yeah, like I also like. Start, I could feel like m- myself almost holding my breath. Like, well, and like, feel every like time they're
1: like going through like one of the tunnels and they're like on their stomachs like you knew like someone's gonna get caught at some point but like every single person i'm like oh my god they're gonna get stuck in there
2: well that was my thing i was good until that fucking like cave part collapsed, and i was like no i can't
1: oh it was yeah i was just checking out
2: (laughs) also when the at the beginning when it claps and then they get to that part where they have to like climb rock climb across that huge like gorge oh
0: that was such a great scene that was oh my really, god that was so well done like I, my hair stood on end
2: that made me so scared um i went to walnuts before and like couldn't even fucking climb to the top of the
0: wall yes, at well, walnuts because of was so again, like the actress is so good and <laughs> it's just this simple thing but it's like ugh. Like, I was watching her hang, and I was like, I could feel my, like, biceps burning <laughs> and shit. And I was like, how are you doing this? Like, it's brilliant. What... And, and, you know, you know, like, the breathing that they're doing and stuff. Like, it's so Ugh. fucking naturalistic, yeah. and it's just like...
2: That's what I said to Rowan. I was like, man, the upper body strength you yeah.
1: would need Damn. is just Damn. insane. No. And, I mean, yeah. I think it's interesting to note how well... They, how well they did at making us feel claustrophobic, and not one real cave was used shooting this film. This was entirely made in a studio. Oh, that's crazy. I think I read they made about, yeah they made, I think, 26 different sets, but it, it was all just because, like, they were I like... I mean, like, you can't really use a real Yeah, game. they were like, liability and insurance are like, there's no way we can put these actors, like, actors and actresses... Can you imagine the case? TMZ
0: headline, like, <laughs> movie about can't, a horrible cave collapse. expedition goes wrong, films in a horrible
2: but it, cave But this is no My Bloody wrong. Valentine.
1: Yeah. Unless, unless <laughs> I read that, mind. I would have never known that. Like, it it's shot so well that like i thought for sure like they must use some sort of real location i'm definitely
2: never going into a cave
0: well it's funny because um like i made a note about um comparing it to a couple of other films that have similar like small and when i say theatrical i don't mean like filmic but i mean like like theater um Mm -hmm. style sets where it's like Um, a confined space. And the the one that jumped to mind the first time I watched this was that it was a lot like cube in that it takes, it's all very tightly shot except for those couple of, you know, shots that are very memorable where, you know, it opens up the cave, but like for the most part, Almost every shot in this movie, once they go into that cave, is, like, really tight. And you can't really tell, like, the the sets are different, but it's also, like, this could just be one room and they're filming in, like, one part or the other. Whereas, you know, same thing in Cube, like, it's literally just they're filming in, like, two or three different ones and they're just changing the color and stuff. And I just thought that was really brilliant and, like, um, kind of, like, that indie style, like we have this amount of budget. So we're going to like film it really tight and the claustrophobia adds to the atmosphere, but it also like cuts down on having to make a big gigantic extravagant set, which I think is just completely brilliant. Really?
1: Yeah. It's really, really well done. I figured you, uh, I'm assuming because you watched the Blu-ray, I'm assuming. Did you watch the UK ending, or...? Um, I don't know, because I just have the Blu-ray that
0: says uncut version. Uncut? Yeah. So for people listening, there is two different endings
1: to this film. Okay,
0: so I'm going to assume that the different ending is um when it cuts back to the cave?
1: Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, so- and, to be, and frankly, again... I saw this movie when I was stoned. If I'm just gonna cut out the euphemisms, and I don't remember which one I actually saw in theaters and
1: which one I saw so in you, Blu-ray. You so. would have you would have saw the one that didn't have the ending. So North America, Okay, yes. And I,
0: I do remember her just climbing out, and that was kind of the
1: end of it. Yeah. So yeah. So the North North America's ending is she's driving. She sees the ghost of Juno and then it cuts to the credits. Where if you if you're listening and you're wondering what one you watched, you watch the unrated or the UK version, if then it cuts to her waking up in the cavern and that she actually hasn't left the cavern.
2: I just find it so interesting that when there's a difference in cuts between North America and like anywhere in Europe, yeah, man, they treat North Americans with like kid gloves a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. The like, European, there can be no be ambiguity
0: in North America. There's
1: no ambiguity at all. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. They changed the ending because uh, the studio, I th- I think maybe Universal, I can't remember. Like the the studio that is distributing it in America was, like, American audiences, like, this ending is way too dark, and, like, it's not it's not going to settle well with an American and, audience. And that's
2: why we were saying, because we were just founded on a random site, and yeah. Rowan's like, oh, I wonder which version we watched. Yeah. And I was like, it's obviously the UK one, because no American film would ever end. Like, it's very rare for an American film to end on a dark note. Yeah. It always has like some resolution. It's kind of a more happy ending or it or it ends like But it might you
0: give you that final stinger scare, is. but like it's not you know, it might be like, ooh, the killer's still alive, but it's not like the the, the heroine is dead or anything like that. Yeah. You know? no. yeah. yeah. And it's never- certainly and it's certainly not the, you know, ostensible heroine of the movie is still stuck down in the cave and is probably never gonna leave and she's gonna rot there or get eaten by these things, right? Like it's 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 not gonna be that and I
1: absolutely love the ending. Like I love the UK. Oh my god, it's so it's it's such a fucking
0: it's an existential crisis, like in a 30 second shot. Like I I I saw that and it just like I spiraled. I was like, I can't like I can't deal with this anymore. Like this is it. I'm stuck in a cave like
2: I'm just really interested about, like, the psyche and the difference between North American and Europe, or, like, the perceived difference,
0: I And it's not even, like, the psyche. It's, like, North America is, like, a movie by committee. It's, like, we need to have people, we need to have a committee of, you know, middle Americans, like,
1: watch this and tell
0: us what sucks about it. Like, go fuck yourself.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: true. Was there anything else we wanted to dig into? No I, I think I'm an open uh, uh, no pun other I mean
0: I've already gone on my rants about how I completely you know <laughs> this 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 know. this reading of the movie this time completely like changed my viewpoint on it also I just wanted to say that I thought it was brilliant and it's so obvious but like I have to say it just you know how they had this like completely woman centric movie that was, like, in caves, and it was, like, so fucking vaginal. It was so yeah. much, like, alien, you know what I mean? And it was just, like, dripping, dripping, like, sugar walls covered in, like, moist whatever, and, like, you know what I mean? And it's just, like, but to me it was so perfect because if you look at something, like, um you know like a couple episodes ago we did Suspiria and how you know it's that's another very woman centric movie um, with very few male cast members and it's in a very like you know feminized setting that like you know ballet school and then mm-hmm. this one it's like not really a feminized setting because it's a fucking dripping it's like horrific cave sports. but at the same time the visuals of it like the kind of like primal primordial uh, like symbolism and shit it's like you know these dripping caverns and like tight passages and stuff, and it's just like holy fuck! Like this is brilliant. Like it's so brilliant. You could not have a male cast member in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the, the way that it was True. written and filmed, um, you if you would even put one man in that movie, I would have rioted because I was like, no, nope. this is this is like a woman's journey through her vagina
1: <laughs> and the horrors that lie therein. I thought I knew the tagline for the episode, but that might be the new one. <laughs> a woman's journey through her <laughs> vagina.
0: And the horrors that lie within."
1: <laughs> Just a reminder to follow us on all of our social media at It Slays Podcast. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, soon the be on Tumblr. Uh, of course, we're on Spotify and iTunes. And if you're adding us on iTunes, don't forget to leave us an iTunes review. Uh, it doesn't even need to be five star. We appreciate five star. But uh, the most important part is we want to hear from you. So uh, write us a text review in the iTunes app. And we will make sure to give you a shout out on the podcast. Uh every review helps as it bumps us up in the search engine, and you know, that's what it's all about. Back to the podcast. So, I mean, I think to me that leaves kind of our last uh review question. The the ever broad, is it scary? Is this a scary movie? I say
2: it is scary.
1: I wanted to start with Exilia, the first time viewer.
2: I think it is scary. Psychologically, I find it scary.
1: Yeah, I agree. I honestly think this might be the scariest movie we've done on the podcast so far. It made me the most uncomfortable.
2: It's the first one I've actually been scared at. Yeah,
1: and this is the perfect time, The Note, as we brought up a little earlier. There was lots of memorable times for for your humble host rowan to watch exilia jump and just be like oh my god (laughs) and i think as a horror fan and just someone that loves to share their love of horror this really like i really enjoyed watching this with someone that's never seen it with exilia because it's not like a slasher where it's just like you might have like a jump scare but it's kind of whatever like Exilia was into this. And oh, yeah, she, it's like, a
0: claustrophobic terror fest. Like, <laughs> and
1: it was amazing to watch someone watch it for the first time. Yeah, I'm
0: actually envious that I, uh, I, I I, wish I had been with you guys watching it for the first time with her. I really do. How about you, Mike? Did you find it scary? Um, honestly, the first time I watched it, I, and it's not just because I was stoned. I, I was actually terrified. And I do find it's, it's scary in that it's one of the probably... 12 or 13 movies I've ever seen in my life that continually does get under my skin every time I watch it. Um, partially, and again, I'm not normally claustrophobic, and I never have been, but it's, it it's so, the claustrophobia in this movie is so well done that it actually, um, it does affect me. And um, then when you look at, uh, again, it's so plot-wise simplistic, but there's so many fucking tiny details in this that, like, really add layers to it. That, um, the psychological terror in that, um, is this whole thing her losing her mind out of grief and, like, psychosis and drug-addled paranoia? And just everything that's going on in it, I just find terrifying. Like, you know, the creatures... Yeah. I mean, they're... But they're pretty scary, you know, for what they are, and that's cool. And like, I love the kind of action scenes, you know, uh, with the girls fighting them and stuff. But like, everything else, like the claustrophobia, the the way that it's shot, and the just dripping, and the primal fucking, you know, imagery of it all. It, it, I really do find it terrifying in this like kind of Freudian way, and I just think it's brilliant. Yeah. It's I do find it scary, I'm going to say.
2: I think not only the claustrophobia, but there's several scenes that if you have a fear of heights can be somewhat terrifying. That's the, why that scene how many of other the movies rock climbing me
0: out. <laughs> how many other movies have that where Yeah, not very many. Simultaneously like within 5 minutes you can go from exploiting the audience's, you know, terror of confined spaces And then two minutes later, you're exploiting their terror of this, like, intense, you know, like I said, you remember when Beth drops that rock? And you're like, thanks, yeah. Beth. Now I know how far down it goes. And then she's hanging there. And, like, you can see her arms oh. and, like, her biceps quivering. And you're like, is she going to drop? Right? And it's, like, yeah. within yeah. two minutes, you get, you get, the, they play on the terror of both of those phobias for people. And it's just, it's fucking brilliant. It's brilliant.
2: On that scene, too, sorry, side note, when Juno is the last person to go and she, like, falls and they catch her, but the fucking rope goes through that other girl's Oof. hand and, like, Oof. slices her hand up. Ooh. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: that would hurt and i
1: i was gonna say one thing just to maybe help listeners out if they ever get caught in situations like this don't go into a cave well no Me and Exilia discuss that if you're gonna murder someone and not know if they're dead don't wear a necklace that they can <laughs> grab and As then evidence. easily identify <laughs> you If it wasn't for that necklace, Juno would have been like scot free. It's true. That has an iconic quote from your yeah um, (laughs) husband. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) from a woman's dead husband. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, we can get into rating this this bad boy.
2: Did you do the budget?
1: That's after. Oh yes, you're getting excited. How dare you excited? Don't blow your load too soon, man. (laughs) So Mike, let's go to you first. Rating Slay with
0: three Y's. Love it. Love it. Um, Like I said, iconic. Um, Juno's iconic. Sarah's iconic. The setting is iconic. For years, I watched it, you know, half a dozen times in theaters, at home, with other people, and just thought, like, this is, you know, such a fucking instant cult classic. But then rewatching it and, like, kind of peeling back all these layers on it and getting these new readings, like, to me, it's just this gift that keeps giving. It's such a simple mm-hmm. movie, but like there is so much to it, and I just enjoy it like if you can watch it six times and get um different readings from it, then there's there's shit going on there, so slay with three Ys, hundred percent
1: okay uh I'll go next we'll we'll save the uh the first time viewer last <laughs> the noob, <laughs> so I a hundred percent came in thinking I was gonna give it like maybe an a nay plus. Because I was trying, listen, no, because I was trying to remember from when I had first seen it, I was like, you know, I've never seen it again. It's never been something I've, like, necessarily thought to myself, like, I need to watch that again. Now that I've viewed it, yeah, three wise it's Slay in my book. I, like this made me highly uncomfortable, which as a horror fan, as someone who is so inundated that what, you know, watches horror every minute of my life. You're deadened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm dead inside. And this really made me like cringe. And I love movies that can do that for me. I especially love movies that can do that for me where I'm not digging into like shock triple X horror. Like this is, You know, this is not really that, you know, heavily rated R horror, but it's just terrifying. And I I love a movie that can do that. I love, I love everything. I love the acting, everything we've talked about. I just really like it. I'm going to give it a slay. Exilia?
2: Well, when we first started it and we saw the whitewater rafting scene and the car accident six times... (laughs) I was like, what the fuck are we watching?
1: We kept having to find new <laughs> shit. <shoes, gonna> <laughs> so so me- I was going to say, seeing that six times is mean, totally on you guys.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes. Okay, I hadn't even seen the crack. i have seen the white water rafting scene six times. And I was just like, what is this? And I was definitely prepared to give it a day at that, po- at that point. Um, it was scary as we said and like i said i think it's like the only one it's i never get scared of movies but this was a scary movie i'm going to give it a sleigh minus but it's only still a sleigh it's only because I didn't really like the creatures. I think that I could have like easily
1: you could almost watched take it without, without the it,
2: creatures. You know? I'm not like overly into like action in movies, and that was pretty much what the creatures were. Um, I liked like the relationships between the women. I liked that it was like a pretty much an all women like female cast, and I liked that it's scary. So slay minus
1: slay minus, and also that like. Maybe it's just me, but this is like screaming for a Scream Factory release. Oh, it is. Yeah, I,
0: it's it needs. I need some sort of. This has already achieved like cult status. This is.
1: I this
2: think is, the creatures. I'm more willing to accept the creatures in the movie if it's actually just a figment of her imagination. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This this was such a good viewing that me and Exilia had. Like, this is already like. I'm like, in the next week, like, I need to either... Oh, guess he's going to buy it. No, but I was going to say,
0: this is the thing. We've we've spoken about this now, and you've seen it once, Exilia. And next week, you guys can sit down when Rowan inevitably goes out to BMV and buys the (laughs) Blu-ray of it. Because we all know that's what's going to happen. And (laughs) you can sit down, and you will have a completely different reading of it. I mean, it'll probably be fairly the same, but, like, you'll look at everything and kind of, like,
1: start twisting your interpretation of every little detail. Um, And
0: that's why it's so brilliant. Yeah.
1: And usually I'm pretty, you know, usually I'm like that, where usually if I'm reviewing something that I don't own, I, like, I'll go buy it or something, because I'm like, oh, like, I know I'll like it. And that's, like, how much I liked this viewing of it, was because when we streamed it, I was like, whatever, I'll stream it if I really can't find it, I'll just rent it on iTunes because it's really probably not something I want to own. This is like a sleeper movie, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, big time. Like,
0: big time, yeah.
1: It, it, and, and uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I think we know what time it is now, Exilia. The budget game. The budget games. So, if for some reason this is the first episode you're listening to, well, first off, welcome. But... <laughs> The budget game So uh, this is where we talk about How much it costs How much it made Exilia Mike guess. Mike's got his wine He's ready for the competition Oh I am ready I am,
0: I am like the prices right here
1: <laughs> I am ready to go down to bid
0: one dollar On you Exilia just to beat you <laughs> So, we're going to
1: start with what it costs to make. Exilia, what do you think this costs? And don't $2 say $1. $2 million. <laughs> $2 million. $2 million. Mike, hit us. I'll say $8 million. Because the fix seemed to be practical and really nicely done. So, this was made in the UK, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't do any conversion. But uh, it was three point five million pounds. Okay, that's oh, a lot. okay, so that's closer to what a lot I more said. than yeah.
2: yeah, like that's a lot, lot more
1: too. Like let's say double. That's so about maybe double, like yeah, six, six or seven million, maybe a little less. Who knows with that? So let's talk about what this made Exilia.
2: What it made? What it
1: made?
2: Do you only have like pounds, or do no, you? No, have... this is American. Oh, you didn't do the Canadian? No, I'm Damn sorry. New. Um, maybe like. Three
0: and a half million. So many okay. currencies. Um based on based on the maybe seven or eight people that were in the cinema <laughs> with me when I saw it, I'm gonna say probably about three or four million dollars. Four million dollars, let's say that.
1: Well, oh, we're close. You know what? I, I'm I'm giving you both an X. So this made fifty seven point one million dollars Holy shit. Holy Are you shit. Goodness good for you guys. Go Neil Marshall, wow. <laughs> so this uh it was successful enough that it did spawn a sequel. There is a sequel that I I've never seen the sequel, but I believe the sequel is all men. Um I'm I think not that's how lie. they switched it up. I
0: saw the sequel, but again, I may I, don't or, think was... I may or may not have been under the influence, and I literally don't remember it. But I remember not being that
1: impressed by it, so I never rewatched
0: it sober <laughs> the,
1: the interesting thing about all this is like obviously it did make some money, but it was still not really seen as a huge success uh It kind of got slept on after its theater release like it was definitely a word of mouth movie it was kind of I'm a sure, word yeah. of mouth, and it's really like. Ever since its release, every year it's kind of gained more and more of this cult following. Where yep. it, it's really now like kind of in starting to enter that pantheon of of coveted cult horror. Oh yeah, movies, it's like entering like must yeah.
0: it's like a canon cult. Yeah,
1: couple interesting. Like we don't normally do facts, but I'll throw them in with the budget. So they actually fast-tracked this movie because at the exact same time in America they were filming a, mo- a horror movie called The Cave that was almost the exact same premise. Mm-hmm. And they got word of that, and they were like, we need to finish this and get it out before The Cave. The Cave Tank.
2: i never heard of
1: it. I've seen it, like, on Netflix. I've never oh. watched it. I mean, I'm
0: sorry if, if the UK version is being done of something that they're doing in the US. The UK version's just by definition going to be better anyway. <laughs>
1: The cave, no one really knows the cave. I'm sure like 10 people saw it. Uh, this this outsold it. Like this was the, the bigger hit. But yeah, so it, those are just a couple fun facts on it. So I think uh, we can announce our next uh, episode. And our next episode actually has a special guest. Ooh, we love
0: special guests.
1: I feel I feel like, Exilia, you need to take this one. Mm-hmm. I do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, it's my little sister. <laughs> our our Patreon uh horror hound member, Cecily.
0: Queen right. Cecily.
2: When we do the podcast, I think people will have a lot of trouble um discerning who is who. When oh, you guys because- are
0: like vocal twins. <laughs> Physically you don't even look like each other, but vocally you are twins. <laughs>
2: When when she lived with Rowan and I, we me and her would talk to my parents on the phone or my grandparents. They'd have no clue who was speaking. Um, so yeah, yeah that's she, be interesting. She's got
0: a couple different inflections from you, but other than that, it's going to be like no one. No <laughs> one's going to be able to. The only way I'll be able to tell the difference is because I'm seeing you on a video screen. That's yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
1: And what movie are we doing, in Uh um, You want me to say? She sure. doesn't have it in front of her.
2: Mo- most likely to die. Most
1: likely to die, which is available on Netflix. That was my sister's pick. We we let Cecily pick the movie. Yes, I got ex Yeah. I'm excited to watch this. It should be uh it should be a fun episode. And it, honestly,
0: it, Cess is just a treat and
1: she's always fun to talk to about movies. So Exactly, exactly. Uh so I think that's pretty much everything. Before we go, I do as always just want to say Thank you to everyone. It seems we always get, like, our emails every week that tells us how many people listen to us that week. And, like, it's always... The numbers are always going up. Uh, I was telling you, I noticed the YouTube numbers have been going up. So that's been crazy because no one was looking at any of our episodes on YouTube. And, like, within, like, two days, Suspiria, you know, had, like... A handful.
0: I'm not going to lie. I forget that we're on YouTube sometimes. (laughs) Me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hashtag shameful (laughs) confessions. But yeah,
1: just all the views are like greatly appreciated. And I I do want to shout out everyone on Instagram uh, because we have been trying to be more active on Instagram and Facebook. So we've been uh, starting a new thing where we've been doing in our story like question of the week. Now we did a couple Although
2: Rowan went a bit overboard. I get a little excited. So I
1: did a bunch <laughs> in a couple days, but we've been getting lots of responses to it. So we did uh we had polls, we showed some pictures of of uh remakes, we asked everyone what horror remakes they liked, and we had examples like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Crazies Halloween, all that kind of stuff. Another question we asked was, uh, what iconic horror franchises were your favorite? We share your responses on. Our story as well. And both of the responses were both Friday the 13th that we had. I
2: think we should start mentioning the responses on. And yeah.
1: Next episode, I'm going to write them down and have your names and everything. I'm not going to say names right now because I'm sure I'll murder everyone's name. I always murder names. We all know this. Uh, but yeah, just thank you for like replying. Uh, the question we asked yesterday was movies that you guys would like to hear us talk about. And I know we had some uh, some pretty good answers. We had, like, Sinister. We had Would You Rather. We had the Zodiac Killer. We had... What was... I can't remember. Seeking seeking the ghost i think or something or seeding the ghost yeah seeding the ghost it's like a hong kong horror movie i never heard of i remember uh late night psychorama had suggested that and i checked that out like the trailer it looks pretty cool but um we're gonna be posting a question of the week now we'll calm it down a bit (laughs) i always like ron and i kind of review where the people
2: where like the places that are that people live that listen just because it's like fun i don't know i think it's interesting and i always love there's like a couple places that i don't we don't know anybody that lives there but they're like seem to listen every week and i love it uh one is hopedale which i believe is in labrador oh hopedale I mean- holla <laughs> And another one is Scottsburn, Nova Scotia, which is home of Scottsburn
0: milk. Um, oh my god, I, I love Scottsburn. Scottsburn <laughs> ice cream, I love
1: it. Whoever yeah. you are, I love your That's products. That's like
2: <laughs> classic Nova Scotia. Uh, I mean, thanks for listening. No, yeah. I, I
1: love to hear- And it like, worldwide listeners, yeah. like, Asia and the UK and the States, like, we yeah. appreciate the love. Like, thank you very much. <laughs> Hey, Horror Hounds! Come join us on Instagram Live for Terrifying TV, where we will be reviewing horror shows. Uh So far, we've been reviewing... Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes? And it's been uh, interesting and a lot of fun to say the least. Uh, So, we post on our Instagram story every 24 hours before we're going to go live. So, make sure to hit follow, subscribe, I don't know what it says, on Instagram and uh, come join us to uh, watch some terrifying TV. Back to the podcast. I'm not going to lie. I don't think we're going to get a chance to do terrifying TV this weekend just because of work, but we'll do one early next week. We'll get back on it. I know you guys are craving that. Are you afraid of the dark?
2: I was sick all week. So it was kind of, yeah, I didn't want to
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think that's good. We talked about this great movie. Uh, we'll be back. Like we said, with most likely to die with Cecily. And, uh, at some point this month, you guys will get to hear the Patreon pick bonus of Evil Dead at some point. It'll be out this month. Uh, Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ashton. We love you, Ashton. And I was totally going to do it this episode, uh, but I did not. So next episode, I'm also going to make sure, uh, we need to shout out the Patreons again. Well, why don't we do it now? I don't know if I remember all of them.
2: Ashton. Ashton, Cecily. Shout out, shout out to
1: Ashton, Cecily, Jennifer. Yeah. hmm Queen. And Jen. Is there anyone else? I think it's those three right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Shout out. If I forgot someone, I greatly apologize and we'll make we'll make your show better.
2: Jennifer has been following like in depth following our terrifying TV
0: and watching along. Greatly appreciated.
1: Getting that. Are you afraid of the dark?
0: Uh Fix. Fix. Oh, listen. That's what, that is in Jen's wheelhouse. That is like 100%. Her, <laughs> she, you are, she is your target audience. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> terrifying TV. Are you afraid of the dark? It is Jen. <laughs> so we will leave it there. So, as always, I am your humble host, Rowan. Bye. It's Exilia. And this is Mike. We heard you. <laughs>